everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is August 7th. It's 2020, and we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Keith Easter Eyes 819 over there on DraftKings for sure. Um, how's it going, man? Um, wishing for a mulligan on that Tyler Chatwood call, but uh, other than that, doing good. Yeah, listen, I was on Chatwood too. Um, it happens to the best of us, and um, hey, we can't get them all right. If we got them all right, um, we would be making millions and um, you know doing doing really well. So, but you're not gonna get them all right. I was on Chatwood. I've um I I closed it like I I know my slate's over um and I started to look at this slate to start prepping for Friday. Yep, I'm right there with you. I am I'm dead on this one. Time for the next one. <laughs> Let's talk about it, man. Thirteen games, lot to get through here, so we're just gonna dive right in. We got Kyle Wright and Vincent Velasquez, Braves, Phillies. Um, any interest here in Kyle Wright? No, I have uh, a lot of respect for the Phillies offense. Uh, Wright is an outstanding prospect, but the uh, control command is not there yet. So um, no Kyle Wright for me. Yeah, like I'm not – I just don't – I think both hitters – both teams in, are very much in play here in Philadelphia, a good ballpark for hitters. I just This isn't one of those games that I'm going to end up playing a lot of um, pitchers from. Um, so – Definitely looking at some bats and some stacks in this game. And then Vincent Velasquez on the other side of this game. We know what Vincent Velasquez is. He's going to get some strikeouts. He's going to give up home runs in the process. Uh, like, the the story is written on Vincent Velasquez. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, like the brave side of this. Uh, too many walks. Braves kind of let me down against the Blue Jays. Like, that whole game was just like a – a little bit of a letdown, just not as much scoring as I thought. Like, it's not over yet, but I was just hoping for so much more scoring in that game. Um, so I'm hoping the Braves bounce back here. Uh, what bats do you like here for Atlanta? I've got some Freeman one-offs uh, going tonight. He's doing he's doing well. Uh, going right back to him against Velasquez. He's str- struggled with lefties his whole career. Um, Acuna, you can always play. Um, Swanson's off to a hot start. Ozuna uh, didn't see what Marcakis did tonight. He he's coming back after opting out, uh, but yeah, it's really Freeman. Freeman for me is the main one. Yeah, I think Freeman's the main play. Depending on the lineup, looks like uh, Swanson should be batting second. So like, if you're playing Freeman, you can go ahead and like Acuna, Swanson, Freeman, Ozuna, um, Marcakis, or Darno if he's catching. Um, always like a little bit of upside of my catcher Darno and Flowers. Always gives you like they hit those random home runs like. They don't love splits, and they just go out there and hit random home runs. So um, I don't mind ever playing those guys. So definitely I, I think those guys are in play as well. Um, and then on the Philly side of things, like I like Philly here. You know, Wright has been a guy that has given up power to both sides and the small sample size that we've seen. And, like, it, it's the same case we were making for Philly on Thursday. Like – McCutcheon's cheap, Hoskins cheap, Didi's cheap. Like you're paying up for Real Muto and Harper, but you could get the sack. You know the five man stack so cheap here. Yep, I love it. Uh, like I mentioned, Wright struggles with his command. He's going to put some runners on base, and then Philly can utilize their power in this small ballpark to uh, to capitalize on that. I, I love the Philly stack. I will say Tuki Tassant, like he's helped the the Braves bullpen out as of like right now. He, he's he was pitching into the seventh um, when we got started in this one, so um, helping the bullpen out a little bit there. Uh, let's move on. We got the Detroit Tigers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Matt Boyd against Chad Cool. Um, any interest here in Matt Boyd? I do have some inf- interest in Matt Boyd. Uh, a lot of Pittsburgh's. Uh, bigger bats are better from the other side of the plate. He's going to turn around Josh Bell, who's much better from the left side. Uh, Colin Moran hits from the left side. Brian Brian Reynolds is much better from the left side. Uh, Boyd has a ton of strikeout upside. So, yeah, I have a lot of interest in Matt Boyd here. Yeah, I love his price, 8900 uh, for a matchup in Pittsburgh, like ballpark upgrade. Plenty of strikeouts when you look at this lineup against left-handed pitching compared to what you know you see against right-handed pitching. So 
I actually, I'm with you on Boyd. I think it's a great spot for him. He's a guy that, you know, 29.5% K rate, 14% swinging strike rate dating back to last year. Plenty of upside. And we don't, it's not like we have a ton of ceiling pitchers on this slate. Um, I think Trevor Bauer is clear-cut top option, and we'll talk about him when we get there. But besides him, like, you know, we're searching for a ceiling guy. And I think Boyd is one of those guys that if we're not going all the way up to Trevor Bauer or if we want to pair them together, I think Boyd is definitely in play here. I'm with you on that one. And then on the other side, we got Chad Cool. Chad Cool, you know, a guy that we really haven't seen pitch in, in, in le- like outside of like 2018 was hurt, did not pitch last season in the bigs. Um, you know, I like picking on Detroit. They're going to be pretty right-handed heavy. Could we make an argument for Chad Cool here? I don't love it. Uh, coming back from the injury, I don't think he's going to have a, a long leash. Um, I, I do like the strikeout upside against this Detroit team, but uh, it's the it's the innings that, that concern me. Yeah, like I, I also read something that like he could just be like an opener and throw like two innings. Um, so like that could really hurt his ceiling. And like I was reading that um, it might be like Stephen Brault that comes in and throws like the yep. bulk out of the bullpen. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it all plays out. I don't think we necessarily have to like risk it though. Like this is my, might be one of those slates where I just kind of like, all right, um, I'm not going to play either one of these pitchers, even though I love picking on the Tigers because we really just don't know what we're going to see and how long cool is going to go. Steven brought like, he's going to be facing a lot of righties. Like crone has power scope has power. Like I I probably just stay away from this situation in general here for myself. Anyway, Um, let's talk bats. Anything standing out to you for the tigers? No, like you mentioned, I, I think it was Brault that started the first two and then Cool piggybacked them. So it looks like they flipped that around. I don't know if that's uh, due to the Tigers lineup and just the handedness of it or, or why they're do- choosing to do that this time. Um, but like you mentioned, e- even if the Tigers come out and hit Cool around, they're, they're just going go to go to Brault. Um, I, I do like the power upside against Brault, but yeah, probably a stay away on, on this big of a slate. Listen, I think CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope are in play. CJ Crone is twenty nine hundred. Jonathan Scope is three K. Like, I I don't ever tend to play Miggy. I know he had a big game. Um, what was it? You know, a week or so ago, um, where he he hit two home runs against Kansas City. Like that's gonna happen. Miguel Cabrera is one of the best hitters of our generation. Um, like injuries has definitely slowed him down. But like he's going to have good games. But like let him beat me, but at 2,700, like he's super cheap too. So if you're wanting to go with like a Bauer Boyd type of build and you want a couple cheap bats, CJ Crone and Jonathan scope definitely fit that type of build um, to make those two top end pitchers work on the Pittsburgh side of things. Honestly, I don't got it. I don't have any interest in any of these guys. Like I think you could make an argument for one of these cheap shortstops, uh, Tucker or Newman, but like outside of just playing them because of their cheap, that's about it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mentioned uh, he's going to turn around two of their best hitters, and then Moran is the third one I would have interest in normally, but he he hits from the left side. Uh, targeting the Tigers' bullpen is the only th- only reason I can see to go to it. Miami Marlins, New York Mets, Jorge Gausman against Michael Waka. Um, any interest here in Gausman? Gausman? Guzman? Uh, Guzman. Yeah, Guzman, I think. Uh, what's his price? I don't even see him on DraftKings. Yeah, I don't think he was uh, supposed to be the starter. I thought it was supposed to be Castino. Yeah, I thought so as well. That's what I saw on DraftKings. Yep. We'll have to we'll have to clarify this one, um, but either way, I probably don't have any interest in either one of them. I don't expect neither one of them to kind of go deep into the game. Um, you know, we we saw decent strikeout numbers for um, Castino in the trip in triple double A last season, um, but like. Alonzo Davis Ramos like they have enough right-handed power where I don't think I'll end up using him even at 4,800 here yeah I'm, I'm with you there uh, I like the Mets side of this 
Uh, Michael Waka, man, this guy is just someone who completely like two or three years ago, Michael Waka was a guy like if, if he was in this spot, I'd, I'd feel like uber confident about rostering him, but like I have zero confidence outside of like this lineup's just really bad and Waka hasn't been terrible in his first couple starts this season. What are your thoughts when it comes to Michael Waka? Right with you. Um, when he came up, he's throwing 97, looked like the next best thing the Cardinals were going to put out. Uh, Velocity's way down, strikeouts are way down. Um, I, I don't think I'm going there. Listen, here's the thing on Waka. If he's going to be all, like uber chalk today, pass. If he's going to be lower owned, like under 10%, I'll, I'll throw a tournament dart or two on Waka because it is the Marlins. Um, you know, a lot of the power on this team, you know, Jesus Aguilar and these guys are righties. I will say, like, Matt Joyce is there now. They have Dickerson. They have some lefties that could beat Waka. Um, so, really just going to come down to, like, what is Michael Waka's ownership on this slate? Um, any Miami Marlins bats that interest you here? I'd be the lefties for me. I like Villar. He homered tonight. Uh, Dickerson, big power bat from the left side. Um, Aguilar has a, has a bunch of power. Um, but like I said, I, I prefer the lefties. Yeah, like, you know, I was, like, kind of looking through, like, pricing here um, for Miami before we got started. And, like, these guys are still pretty expensive. Dickerson's 4600 I feel like you're going to yeah. find a lot of guys in that range. But, like, Matt Joyce is the guy that stands out to me. Should probably bat, like, fifth or sixth here for the Marlins at 3300 Matt Joyce isn't anybody that's great. Um, but like, he's a guy that makes contact with baseballs and I, I think anything can happen when you're making contact against like Michael Waka. Um, uh, we've only seen like 223 plate appearances since the start of last season for him, but under 20% K rate, uh, we saw right around like a 21% K rate for him in 2018. So, um, I, Joyce is just someone that's going to put the ball in play at 3,300 and probably be pretty low on cause nobody likes to play the Marlins. Um, any Mets bats here that you like? Yeah, definitely. Uh, depending on whether it's Guzman or Cast, whatever his name was, uh, Castano, Castano, whatever his name is, um, is I like them all either way. Uh, Pete Alonso is one of the premier power hitters in the game. Uh, I like Nimmo and Conforto at the top of the order. Uh, JD Davis, if it's if it's the lefty going, I really like JD Davis a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the power bats, the top of the order. Yeah. Like obviously we're going to have to see if it's the righty or lefty, but honestly, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Um, you know, I like Alonzo if the, if it's the righty, like Dom Smith would be in there and like, he's a power upside type of guy. Um, but like, I, I'm not, I would use the Mets as more like a secondary stack here. Uh, they're not like a five man stack for me. Um, you know, Cespedes being out of the lineup certainly hurts the overall upside of this team. Uh, but J.D. Davis, Pete Alonzo, we'll see if it's a righty or lefty, whether it be Dom Smith or um, one of these other guys in there. But uh, even don't even hate, like, Conforto and a lefty-lefty if you're expecting this team to score some runs. Yep. Uh, Blue Jays and Red Sox, Tanner Rourke against Ryan Weber. Um, any interest here in Tanner Rourke against my stinky Red Sox? <laughs> uh, they look terrible, man. They look terrible. Yeah, to start the year, they they have not been great. But I still am not going to Roark here. They're going to hit eventually. There's just way too much talent in this lineup. I'm I'm not on Roark. Listen, I want to keep saying that I, I'm I'm a full believer in the talent on this team. But it's as a fan, <laughs> it gets tougher and tougher. Um, listen, the Red Sox are pretty cheap today. Um, outside of like JD Martinez and Devers, but you know it's definitely a team that. I'm going to like um, on the Toronto, I guess Weber. Weber is just a guy that doesn't strike anybody out. Like he's a guy that has a 13.3% K rate since the start of last season, a very small swinging strike rate, gives up a lot of power to lefties. Like I just don't have any interest here in Weber. Nope, me either. I like Toronto, man. I don't have Fandle pricing up in front of me, but – Toronto has been cheap on fan almost every day. I'm pulling it up really quick. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Toronto? Yeah, I, I do like this lineup. Uh, Weber doesn't strike anybody out. There's going to be a lot of contact. Uh, 
Bichette, Biggio, Guriel, Tellez, Guerrero, even Gritchick and Shaw have power. Like there's just there's power up and down this lineup. Um, so if if there's going to be contact made and we're not at risk of strikeouts, then I definitely have some interest. Yeah, they moved um, Tellus up in the lineup yesterday. Um, hopefully they do that again. You could play both of those guys, him and Vlad, together on FanDuel. Um, you know, you have to use Vlad at third base if you're doing it on DraftKings. But Tellus is super cheap on DraftKings at 3400 um, These guys are pretty cheap on FanDuel again. So I, I like them. Um, I think Biggio is one of the top second baseman plays on the slate. Um, and, and, like – the way that Weber throws to righties and lefties, you know, kind of like pitch to contact to righties, try to generate ground balls. Like we have a lot of these young kids like Biggio and Vlad and these guys that like to hit the ball up in the air. So um, I think the Blue Jays are very much in play on the road here in, in Fenway. Tanner Rourke, I like picking on Rourke with lefties, Benatendi, Devers, Moreland. If I'm playing those guys, I'm looking at JD. I'm looking at Xander. Um, Verdugo, finally get it going here in the new uniform. But, like, Benatendi, Moreland, these guys are cheap. Um, even, like, Verdugo is 3,300. So, going back to our conversation from earlier, like, it's not going to be hard to fit in, like, Bauer in a top-end option because we just have so many of these cheap bats. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, all the lefties. Uh, Devers and Moreland, my top two, and I full stack them. Twins and Royals, Devin Smeltzer against Jakob Yunus. Um, Smeltzer, man, like, oh, I don't think I can do it. Like, I, I guess I'm turned off a little bit by Tyler Chatwood. I'm a little shell-shocked. But this guy, he's not a big K guy from what we've seen so far. This lineup is not great, but they're a little bit better against left-handed pitching. Um, do you have any interest here in Smeltzer? Only the price would interest me. Uh, let's see, he was 6300 on DraftKings. Um, so if I'm trying to fit Bauer in, in a high-priced stack, I could see it. But there is a, a pitcher down there even lower that, that I have tons of interest in. Um, so probably not – no smelter for me. Yeah, and on the other side, like, it'll be Junis's first start of the season. Um you know, coming off the IL, pretty sure it's his first start. Maybe he pitched um, – yeah, he pitched on the second. So, threw 64 pitches, didn't pitch terrible, didn't pitch great. Not a huge strikeout guy. Um, I'm probably going to pass here against the Twins. Yeah, same for me. Uh, any Twins bats standing out to you here? Yeah, twin, Twins have a ton of power. This is a team I'm going to stack all year. Uh, Junis really struggles with the lefties. So, uh, Kepler, Polanco, Rosario – uh, Nelson Cruz is one of the best hitters in baseball, so I'm always going to play him. Sanoa, ton of power. Throw Garver in there as, as a catcher. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stack this team. Yeah, I think like it, there's a good possibility from what I was reading the other day that um, Donaldson's back too in this game. So like that just adds to the overall upside of this team when Donaldson's healthy. Like you know, this is a team that you definitely looking at like stacking on this slate. Um, they have a ton of upside. So uh, love the twins, love the power. Like if you start like digging into like these ISO numbers for the twins against Ryan pitching, like it's all real. Like all of these guys yeah. hit the ball hard they all hit fly balls. Like it's what you want to see from power guys. And one of the reasons that they hit so many home runs last season. So um, the Royals, like man, Soler is interesting against the lefty. But, like, Whit Merrifield hits lefties better. McBroom would be in there, and he's super cheap. Like, Franco is under 4K. You can make an argument for, like, making, like, a three- or four-man Kansas City stack here. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, Sal Perez, I think, will probably be the top option on the slate at catcher. Um and Witt hits, hits lefties really well, like you mentioned. Uh, Solaire, I think, had more power against righties last year, but historically has always hit lefties really well. So, yeah, I, I don't mind a three-man with this team, and I think you could even stretch it to a five. Yeah, you mentioned Salvador Perez, 4,200, very much in play there. Um, yeah, it really, like, this whole game is very stackable. Um, so, definitely like that one. What if you could have a career – where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Indians and White Sox, Aaron Seville against Dylan Sees. Any interest here in Seville? I do. There, there's some strikeouts in this uh, White Sox lineup. Uh, there's, there's plenty of risk with that. Uh, Going to be tournament only for me, but I do have some interest uh, for the strikeout upside on the White Sox. Yeah, you look at it and like his price at 9300 I don't think a lot of people will pay that price. He's already pitched against this team once this season, struck out nine guys. He struck out nine against Minnesota. He's shown a lot of upside in a very small sample size so far. And we look at up and down this team, everyone outside of Mendek, who only has 34 plate appearances, has a strikeout rate over 20% against right-handed pitching. So I think he's a top option for tournaments on this slate. I'm right there with you. Um, but I actually – I wouldn't even, like, talk you out of, like, potentially playing him in cash game if you want to go, like, double stud on this slate. Like, maybe you don't trust Matt Boyd and you want to go Seville. I, I think it's super in play on this slate because there's just so many cheap bats that easily make it work. Um, Indians finally coming alive a little bit on Thursday. They get a matchup here with Dylan Sees, who strikes out righties at a high clip, but has not been the same when you were looking at his numbers against lefties. Do you have any interest here in Sees? Not against the Indians. Uh, former top prospect. He's going to be really good one day. Uh, the the con- command has not been there. Uh, the lefty power has been a problem for him. No, no interest against the Indians. He's a guy that, like, this whole White Sox pitching organization had so much talent with Kopeg and um, Giolito and C's, and, it, like, they just haven't shown up yet. Um, so, like, the, they have a lot of young arms that have like, so many good prospects. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's too many lefties in this lineup. Like, this team can roll out, like, six or seven lefties and – from what we've seen so far from him, he doesn't really have that out pitch against lefties yet. So just needs to develop his change up a little bit more. And, um, you know, maybe in two years when we're talking about him, we are talking about how much he's come along. So listen, the Indians have stunk so much. Um, do you have any interest here in Cleveland going up against Dylan C's? I think I do with, with the command issues that C's has the white Sox. White Sox bullpen is not great. Um, they, they're breaking out tonight as, as we're recording this. So uh, all of the lefties, I mean, like you said, one, two, three, four, five, six potential lefties in this lineup. Uh, C struggles with lefties. I do have some interest in stacking this team. Yeah, like the only thing also is like when you're looking at it, it's like we know Jose Ramirez is a streaky hitter. If he can get it rolling here, maybe the rest of these guys can kind of follow suit a little bit and we see a little bit more out of this production, out of these guys. And, like, you're paying up for Ramirez and Lindor, but the rest of these guys are relatively cheap. So, like, if you're stacking Cleveland on this slate, it's not hard to do. Um, And, like, Reyes is 3,700. He has power against lefties and righties, so you don't really worry about him. And, like, Ramirez is a switch hitter. Lindor is a switch hitter. Santana is a switch hitter. So, like, you're getting the platoon out of your stack from whichever arm comes in from the bullpen. And if, you're, if your stack's doing well, you're probably looking pretty good going into the bullpen. So, um, I like the yeah. Indians. I don't love them. I'm wanting the Indians to finally show up. But who knows? Um, any interest in the White Sox bats? Uh, no, Savale's a, a control pitcher. He's shown some strikeout upside recently. Um, I think there are, there are better spots on the slate. The only way that I'll like run out the White Sox stack here is if I end up playing him in like cash and just want like a hedge stack. I always try to like hedge um, when I think a guy is boom bust, and I think he's boom bust, but I think he's more on the boom side. So I do like him more than I like these bats. Uh, Reds and Brewers, Trevor Bauer against Eric Lauer. Um, we've kind of hinted at it a couple times. Like, I, I think he's the clear-cut top option on this slate. Um, what's your thoughts here on Bauer? Right there with you. We talked about how terrible this Brewers lineup was yesterday. Um, just the, no Kane, no uh, Braun. 
Trevor Bauer's an, an elite pitcher in my mind. Uh, strikeout upside, good control. Uh, yeah, Trevor Bauer is the top option for me. Yeah, and like the good thing, like when we're paying ten six for a guy, it's really comforting to know. Like in his first two starts, he threw one hundred and five and one hundred and eleven pitches. Like we're getting the pitch count for the price tag um, and the matchup. So he's had the joys of pitching against Detroit you know, twice to start the season, but it's not like the Brewers are a much scarier lineup. Like Yelich and, you know, Sogard is a guy that's pesty, but you start looking at the strikeout rates on this team against right-handed pitching. And like, you're going to love what you see for Trevor Bauer in this spot. So clear cut top option for me, Eric Lauer on the other side. Um, you know, he is a guy that has shown that he could pitch well, but he's still, like, I like lefties to be able to throw, like, 95-plus. And, like, sitting around 91, 92 for a lefty, I feel like you are going to struggle to get that strikeout. And, like, we see that in his numbers from time to time. Um, he has good stuff. He's a was a prospect. It's just I don't love this spot. Uh, I think there's better options on the slate. No, and uh, Suarez and Cassianos are just some huge righty bats that, that can really get to him. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. No interest for Lauer. And, like, even Irvin. Irvin's a guy that, like, they hit him leadoff all the time against lefties, and, like, he's not going to go out and hit two home runs, but, like, he's not a guy that typically strikes out. So, like, you're not even getting – like, even Moustakis. Moustakis doesn't strike out against lefties. Um, so, I like Irvin, Castellanos, uh, Suarez, Moustakis. I'm not playing Joey Votto. Um, that is very clear. But, like, Kirk Casale, like, if you want to make a five-man, or Senzel, if you want to make a five-man, there's plenty of options, like, of right-handed bats in this lineup that can go yards. So, um, I like Cincinnati way more than I like Eric Lauer on the slate. Yep, right there with you. Um, I have zero interest in the Brewers' bats. Like, you can play Yelich any day that you want. He's off to a really cold start to the season. Trevor Bauer is a lot worse against lefties. Like, really massive fly ball rate. Gives up a ton of hard contact. Um, like, you can play Yelich and hope that he hits a home run or two, but, like, you're not you're not getting a discount. You know, he's still 4,800. Yeah, I don't like it either. The The Brewers looking like they're going to roll out a ton of lefties, uh, so that might present a little risk for Bauer, but he's he's better than the Justin Smokes and Lo- Logan Morrisons and Ben Gamels. Like, bring out Logan Morrison. Me. Bring him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's three strikeouts. Just bring out Logan Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you, you said it. Like They're going to roll out a bunch of lefties here, but it's like Brock Holt, Logan Morrison, Justin Smokes. <laughs> it's that's fine like i hope that scares some people off because they'll look at the numbers for bauer and they're scared but this lineup it stinks um cubs and cardinals john lester against jack flaherty man john lester is making me eat words this year and i hate it um i i'm a i have a john lester jersey in my closet from when he pitched with the red Sox and went to the all-star game but I just don't think he's good anymore. And he made me eat it against Cincinnati. He pitched well against Pittsburgh. But he's not like he's not going to break the slate and he's way too expensive at ninety one hundred because he doesn't strike anybody out anymore. Like he wants to go out there and throw ground balls. Like he doesn't want to go out there and throw the ball by anybody. I'm a full fade on John Lester still, and hopefully he keeps putting up sixteen. I agree with you right there. Uh he, he's a soft contact artist now. There, there's no strikeouts, no upside. Uh, the price tag is too high. I have no interest. He went to Kyle Hendricks, like, off-season clinic and learned how <laughs> to throw to soft contact or something. Like, I just – listen, I probably won't stack against him right now um, because I do want to respect, like, what I've seen so far from him this season. But I'm not playing him because I just don't see a ceiling anymore. Um, and then the Cubs bats – or I guess Flaherty – we need to talk about Flaherty, I guess. Like, he's a guy that has a massive strikeout uh, rate against righties. He's looked good against lefties, too. Um, the Cubs kind of gave some guys days off on Thursday to get them ready, it feels like, for a Flaherty matchup. What are your thoughts when it comes to Flaherty here? Oh, just uh, kidding. Me, it's going to be Ponce de Leon, not Flaherty. I was going to say. Like, I was they trying to find switched it. Yeah. yeah. 
They switched it from the time that we started until now because, like, I just wrote down this game before, like, 10 minutes before we started. So, uh, Ponce de Leon, uh, that changes my thoughts completely on this game. It does. Uh, 7,500 for Ponce de Leon. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he has a, a great changeup and strikes out lefties better than he does righties. That's off the top of my head. I'm not positive on that. He throws his uh, fastball about 70% of the time, and then he has a curveball changeup mix that kind of makes up for the other like 25 to 30%. All right. Um, yeah, like you said, this that completely changes my thoughts on the Cubs here. Um, I, I don't have any interest in Ponce de Leon. I, I don't think at 7,500, there's a couple cheaper options that I like better. Yeah, like I, I was shocked that he threw 85 pitches against Minnesota the other day. Um, but between like really working counts and like walking guys and getting into trouble a couple times, like his pitch count was like what three and two thirds. So I don't have any interest in Ponce de Leon. I have a lot more interest in the Cubs. I didn't have any interest in the Cubs against Flaherty, but I have a lot more interest in the Cubs here uh, against Ponce de Leon. Um, I think it's still, like, more of, like, two or three mans. I don't think, like, a full Cubs stack, but, like, Rizzo, Schwarber, Hap, like, they're in play. Um, Rizzo, probably my favorite. He has such a low strikeout rate against lefties. Like you were saying, Ponce de Leon, much higher strikeout rate against lefties. So, um, Chris Bryant's always in play. Like, it's more of, like, two or three mans here for the Cubs for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, just just hunt the power. I, I believe he can give up some power. Gotta gotta love those power hunters. Um, Cardinals against Leicester. Listen, I love Goldschmidt against lefties. It's no secret. I've talked about it so many times. Um, and Paul Goldschmidt at forty five hundred against a lefty against any lefty, I'd have interest. And then Tommy Edmond, a guy that you could play at shortstop at four K. We've we've seen about a hundred plate appearances for him against lefties now, and very good numbers. Uh, doesn't strike out. Has a really high ISO. High hard hit rate. Um, I, I've liked what I've seen from Edmund as well. It kills me that Tommy Edmund is a legit major league player, but <laughs> you're, you're right. I mean, the sample size is growing, and he, he's still in our lives. Um, yeah, it, it, Edmund Goldschmidt O'Neill would be would be the three that I'd use. Yeah, and Edmund to play too because um, Dijon was one of the ones that had COVID, so like he'll play. Weeders throughout his career has always been better from the right side of the plate. He's 3,300 as a catcher. Um, if he draws the start over, I think it's Kisner, right? Um, so Kisner, Kisner or whatever, Andrew Kisner. Uh, yeah, Kinsler or something. Yeah, something. Whatever like his name is. But, yeah, like Weeders is much better from the right side. Um, Tyler O'Neill has been awful against lefties um, since coming up last season. Thomas has been good, but it's been very small sample size. So, I think, like, I'm looking, like, Edmund Goldschmidt, um, Weeders, you know, batter has been kind of bad against lefties, too. So, like, I want the guys that have been proven against, like, a veteran like Lester who will, like, study this matchup before he goes out there and pitches against this team. Yeah. Um, Angels and Texas Rangers. Griffin Canning, Jordan Lyles, any interest here in Griffin Canning? I do. He was pretty good in his first start uh, coming back from injury. Uh, this Texas team has a lot of strikeouts in it. Uh, I believe Canning had a decent price on him, 8200 on on DraftKings. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like the upside here. Yeah, 86 pitches in his last start against Houston after throwing 82 against Oakland. Um, like, he's not looked bad at all. It's it's really interesting to see like what this new ballpark is going to do in Texas because so far we haven't seen like an explosion Rangers um, type of game yet. So the new ballpark may play more towards pitchers. I don't think we're going to know until the end of the season when we can really look at like the data. And it's still such a small sample that we really might not know until the end of next season. So I feel a little bit more better. Uh, I feel a lot better about taking pitchers in Texas. I think Canning's definitely in play here at 8,200 when, you know, the, the guy you're worried about the most is Joey Gallo and he strikes out at a 36% clip, you know, so um, I, I do think he's interesting. I like Jordan Lyles as a pitcher. I play him a ton last season. Um, I do think he has talent. It's just the angels don't strike out. Like, Otani's back. He hit a home run on Thursday in the afternoon. Like, 
Trout doesn't strike out. Rendon doesn't strike out. Listella is a guy that just puts the ball in play as much as he possibly can. Pulhos, old man Pulhos doesn't strike out. Like, there's, it's just even though there's going to be a lot of righties here, it's just these guys don't strike out. Yeah, I, I'm with you. With Trout back, this Angels lineup is not something I'm, I'm really going to attack this year. Uh, it's too deep. I'm, I'm with you. I do, I do like Lyles. I think he has talent, but this is not the matchup. Um, any Angels bats that you like here? Um, I, I like Otani as a one-off maybe. Trout, you can always play as a one-off. Uh, I, I'm not stacking the Angels, though. Yeah, like if you stack them, it's probably like Trout, Rendon, Otani, like a little three-man right here at the top of the order on the road in Texas against Lyles. Lyles uh, a little bit worse against lefties, so like – if you want to go Goodwin, if he's batting in a good lineup spot, um, he's been off to a really hot start to start the season. So I think you could play some of these Angels bats. I don't hate them here, um, especially on the road. On the Texas side, like Chu and Gallo are always in play. Um, is there anything else that's really standing out to you here for the Rangers? No, that that's really it for me. Uh, like like you mentioned, this, this ballpark is, is completely different from what they they're used to what they've been in um i think it's at least a, a neutral park at this point and and maybe even slightly pitchers park so uh against canning no it, it would just be chewing gallo for me like okay so i will say i think you can stack against the angels all season that bullpen's been terrible i just don't know on a 13 game slate like how much i will actually do it um, like if you're playing 150, if you want to get like five to 10%, like Ranger stacks, maybe even like secondary stacks, I think that's like that, that is like an option to do, to be on, on a team that's lower owned that has power at the top of the order against a bullpen. Like canning might only go like 90 pitches in five innings and like give up a couple runs. And then you get into that bullpen and that bullpen has just been giving up runs left and right. So I used this strategy a little bit earlier this season. Um, I think it was San Diego that they were playing. You know, it was a decent matchup, and, like, you just kind of play the bullpen against them a little bit. Uh, Arizona and San Diego, Luke Weaver, Zach Davies. Any interest here in Luke Weaver? I don't. Too much respect for this Padres team. Weaver struggled his last time out. Uh, Hasn't gotten on track yet this year, so no interest in Weaver. Yeah. Oh man, I just I want to like Luke Weaver because I've I've loved right-handed pitching against the Padres for years. It's just this lineup is different. Gresham looks good. Fam is there. He's not a big strikeout guy. Very, very, very small sample size. But Cronworth, he's been a guy that hasn't really been striking out either. So the tides are turning in San Diego, and this lineup is definitely better than it has been in the last couple of years. So. I'm not like writing off Weaver. I want to look into like batted ball profile stuff a little bit more because he does throw a cutter. I like to look at like how teams react to cutters. So I'll have to look a little bit more into Weaver. He's, he's kind of like a fringe guy for me right now. Um, and then on the other side, Zach Davies, Zach Davies is a guy we've used a couple times this season, but I won't be using him in this spot. Um, not a big strikeout guy. We have plenty of arms on the slate, uh, with 13 games. Um, just because you played him earlier this season does not mean you need to keep playing him. Um, you know, take the 18 points we got against San Francisco and be happy with it, but you don't have to play him every time out. Yeah, agree with you there. Uh, San Francisco is not not the same matchup as Diamondbacks, so I'm not on Davis. Um, any Arizona bats that you like here? Um, not one of my top stacks, but – I do like the the upside of this lineup. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see stacking them. Yeah, they came alive a little bit um, on Wednesday, and they showed a little bit of life um, on Thursday. Again, like I keep saying this, like a lot of these guys have really low BABIPs right now, and like I feel like we're going to start seeing some balls drop and they can have bigger games. Zach Davies being like a low-K guy, I could see using Calhoun, Marte, Marte, Walker, Escobar, Peralta, um, and even like Kelly. Um, I think he's another option. So I don't know if I would five man, but uh, it's not out of the question. Like not only is Weaver like a fringe play, I feel like the Arizona 
bats are like a fringe play for me today. Yeah, I agree. And the more I think about it, this game might just be just avoided on, on a slate this big. I, I think there's better upside spots. Uh, if you want to take a lone tournament stab, it's fine, but not one of my favorite spots. Yeah, like I like the price on Escobar at 3800 but we've talked about so many cheap guys already. Like I might get exposure to this game on like the late 9 o'clock slate because we have like a five-game 9 o'clock slate that has some decent tournaments. So uh, Padres bats against Weaver. I'm not going to tell you not to play Padres. Um, it's just I respect Luke Weaver too. Yeah, I, I do. This this Padres team has so much talent, though. Um, I, I don't think I'd full stack against Weaver, but uh, Tatis, Grisham, Machado, Fam would would probably be the ones I'm looking at. The one name that I will say is like he pitched already against this team um, earlier this season in three and one thirds um, allowed six earned runs home run on seven hits. So like they could touch him up again. It wouldn't shock me. So, yeah, I, I don't hate stacking them because it's not like there's a ton of great arms in that Arizona bullpen behind him. So like start digging in like the Arizona bullpen numbers. If Weaver's not on, and he's not pitching. Well, the San Diego stack could be your late night hammer. Um, when a lot of people are probably playing like Dodgers or Rockies as like their late night hammer. Um, Astros and athletics, Zach Granke, Chris Bassett. Um, any interest here in Granke? Granke is just too expensive. Uh, he's a 10, two on DraftKings. He, he just doesn't have the same upside as he once did. Uh, this Oakland lineup has a ton of power. Uh, I don't think I can go to Granke here. Yeah, on average, Zach Ranke's velocity is down two whole miles an hour this season. It had already dropped a lot over the last few years, but he is a guy that can go out and still, like, hit spots. But to beat Oakland, you have to throw hard. Um, shout out to Kurt Dees. He was the one that, like, brought this to my attention, and I did some research on it. Like, you got to throw hard against Oakland to beat them, you know. So, these soft-tossing guys like Granky, I think Oakland's actually a great stack in this slate. Um, they're they're a late-night hammer that I like as well. So, Granky's not the same. We're seeing, like, really low velocity and just kind of, like, living and dying by throwing a ton of sliders, like 41% in his first two starts. Um, and it, it's just not going to be enough to – you know, pay off this price tag. Um, and then on the other side, we got Chris Bassett. Bassett against Houston. Like, I hate playing right-handed pitching against Houston. They're just up and down the lineup, just so good against righties. Yeah, no Bassett for me. Too much talent on the Houston side. He was really good his last time out, um, but it was against Seattle. I mean, that, that's just not a comparable matchup. So uh, I'm, I'm off Bassett here. Uh, any bats on Houston that you like here? Um, they're always in play. Um, just the the power, patience, upside is, is really what I'm looking for when I'm looking at a stack. Uh, I think Bassett does have a little bit of talent, but you can always stack Houston. Yeah, my only issue with, like, stacking Houston here is they're so, like, all the bats you want are the righty, and, like, he's just been so – legit against righties that I don't know if they necessarily have the upside to beat you, but like, I love the prices like Correa is 3,700. Um, like maybe Correa is a one-off. I think he'll actually end up being kind of popular on this slate at that price, but I don't mind. I don't mind the bottom of the order. Uh, Kyle Tucker has been really good. Uh, if Toro happens to crack the lineup, I don't think he's projected right now, but, uh, if you can get Correa Tucker, uh, Toro at the bottom of that lineup, I, I would love that. Yeah, like, you know, I think that's definitely in play. Um, Toro switch hitter, so maybe he cracks the lineup um, over Gary L or somebody um, to give, like, Gary L a day off. But I, I don't mind that call. Um, yeah, Correa is super cheap. Tucker is super cheap at 3300 So, like, you can build the bottom end of that, like, stack really, really cheap with Josh Reddick at 2700 as well. So, And most of those guys outside of Correa are lefties, and that's kind of what you want against Bassett. So, like that call. Um, I already talked about Oakland. I like Oakland. What's your thoughts here when it comes to the athletics? Uh, yeah, Granky's not typically someone I like to pick on uh, just because the control is good. Uh, but the skills are declining, and Oakland, as we talked about, has a, a ton of power, uh, high upside lineup. Uh, I always think they're in play to stack. 
Yeah, I love the prices too. Um, like Olsen, 44. Kana, who's been crushing the ball, 4,500. Um, like you got to pay up for a Chapman. That's fine. Chris Davis, like maybe he wants to play baseball again this season because he's starting to hit the ball again. <laughs> like he looked so uninterested at the beginning of the season, but back-to-back games of multi-hits. So maybe maybe we can start calling him Crush Davis again. Um, but he's a guy that I typically like to target against like sinker ball pitchers. Um, his numbers against sliders are not like anything to like write home about. So, um, all right, moving on cruising right through it. A lot of games, a lot of games. Um, Rockies Mariners, Sensatella against Kikuchi. Um, any interest here in Sensatella? Um, I do think this Mariners lineup is attackable. I think Sensatella was cheap. Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, down there at 5,800. Uh, with the strikeouts in this Mariners lineup, I do have a little bit of interest if you're just using them in tournaments to try to fit in a stack. Yeah, velocity up a little bit for him. Not typically a huge, like, strikeout guy, but he's had um, a good start to the season. I think he's in play. I do. It's just – I think he's in play because he's 5,800 going up against Seattle. But I also think, like – there is a legit chance that you can stack Seattle on this slate, even though they've been pretty terrible. So like, totally I like both true. sides, like both sides of it. Like, yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. Let, like, let's, let's see what uh old Christian Mino has on Sensatella's ownership here at 5,800 going up against um, Seattle. So, and then like on the other side, we got Kikuchi here. He's 5k going up against the Rockies coming out, out of cores. It's scary, though. Like, you have Arenado there. You have Story. Matt Kemp is a shell of his former self, but he's always been able to, you know, be better than lefties. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to 5K Kikuchi? Um, I think he will be my highest on pitcher on the slate. Um, he is very much in that Chatwood mold of a guy who was pretty bad last year. Um, Kikuchi's a guy that had a lot of success in Japan though and he in his last start was running his fastball up to 97 miles an hour which is about a three to four mile an hour jump from what we've seen um, I actually took down a, a GPP last week with the Chatwood Kikuchi combination um, I'm going right back to Kikuchi I, I think he he's found something with his fastball and he's a different pitcher than he was last year yeah, and, like, if you're looking at, like, overall ceiling between, like, Kikuchi and, and Sensatella in the same exact game, like, Sensatella doesn't want to blow the ball by people anymore. Like, his his mile an hours are down a little bit. Um, it's, oh, it's actually up one, but, like, it's 94. It's not 97. Like, Sensatella is more of a pitch-to-contact guy. He has been for years. Kikuchi, I like the call. Um, he – He's a hard-throwing lefty against Oakland, like we were just talking about. So, um, I think Kikuchi is very much in play here at 5K. Um, I don't know if I'd go Kikuchi in cash games for what it's worth. I will say it is really easy. I always kind of build a lineup as we're going. Uh, just I, It's usually like my shell lineup to enter contests with. But, like, it's really easy to play Bauer and Seville um, or Boyd on this slate for cash games. So, I don't think I end up with Kikuchi and Cash, but I, I love the tournament upside. I love the call. Um, any interest here in the Colorado Bats? Uh, Arenado and Story against a lefty, always in play. Uh, I'm not saying there isn't risk with Kikuchi. Um, Blackman hits lefties fairly well, so and, and Dow those two. And Kemp has been off to a great start. I don't know if he's dust or not at this point. He, he looks – it might be the Coors effect, but he might have something left in the tank. So um, probably not a full stack for me, but I, I don't mind uh, a three-man. Listen, if Kikuchi's going to throw hard, um, you know, I know you were talking about it. It's something that I looked up before we got going here. These guys don't have a ton of sample against hard-throwing lefties, but what we're seeing, like, out of those numbers is not great. Even if you, like, look in that 94 to 96 range, um, Arenado, obviously, like, Arenado's going to hit lefties, but, like, Story's numbers go way down when you start r- ramping up the miles per hour. Um, so, you know, it's definitely something to note. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, you're looking at this spot, I, I think, you know, you could play – Arenado in any matchup and uh, it's just one of those spots where like he 
likely ends up more as a one-off for me when I'm seeing from story. Like, all the Rockies are priced like they're still in cores, too, so it's really easy to be underweight on them outside of, like, Matt Kemp at 3,300 and Arenado just because he's a beast. Um, it, it, historically, we've seen their their strikeout rate skyrocket away from cores, too. Uh, the altitude just takes the movement out of the ball, and then when they go on the road, there's a, there's a lot more movement than they're used to, and, and their strikeout rate just goes to the roof. Listen, the Mariners are cheap. Seattle is cheap. Everybody from Seattle is cheap. And that is why there's such an interesting, like, secondary or even, like, a full stack here. I don't believe in Sensatella's reemergence and pitching as well as he's been pitching. I actually, like, think this is a good spot for my boy Vogelbach to get on the board um, and hit his second home run of the season. Like um, I know he hit one against the angels. Uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Um, but listen, this is a spot where you got a guy that's going to pitch more to contact. You don't do that against like Daniel, Vol- Daniel Vogelbach. Austin Nola is a cheap catcher. Like give me some Seattle bats here. They're so cheap. Yeah. I like that. Uh I love what I'm seeing out of Kyle Lewis to start the year too. I mean, that, that guy looks legit. Uh, Seager's got power. So yeah, I, I like some Seattle bats here. Even if you play Kyle Lewis as a one-off, he's 3,900. Like one of the hottest hitters to start the season is 3,900. Like Dylan Moore, another guy that's been like super hot to start the season, 3K. Like I get it. They're Seattle and everybody wants to like say they're not great. And I don't think they're great, but I think that they're way better than what they're priced at on this slate for this matchup. So I'm going to take advantage of that here. We finish it out with the giants and Dodgers, Jeff Samarge against Julio Urias. Um, Urias, uh, any interest here in the shark? No, thank you. Dodgers have uh, probably the most potent offense in baseball and uh, the shark is no longer good. Yeah, it's a it's a jock jams day. Um, <laughs> it is a jock. He profiles really well. Him and AJ Pollock of all people profile really well against Jeff Samarja. Um, here, Julio Urias on the other side of this game. I think there's a ton of options on this slate, and I don't want to write him off. But like, if there's a guy that I had to pinpoint to throw 90 pitches on this slate and get pulled in like the fifth or sixth inning, it would be him. Yeah, right there with you. Uh, they have treated him with kid gloves uh, ever since he came up a couple years ago. He's dealt with injuries. I, there's no chance he throws over 100, and I, I'm with you. He's, he's going to be right in that 90 range. Yeah, he, he's just – at 9,800, if you find the extra 800 bucks for Bauer, you know you're likely going to get an, an extra 20 pitches probably, if not more. Um, I just – yeah, like Sivial, like he he's a guy that I would play before I'd play Urias and save the money. Boyd, like these guys, I'd rather yeah. play these guys. I think Julio Urias is a good pitcher. I'm not stacking against him by any means on the slate for what it's no. worth. I just – I I don't think he goes deep enough where he's going to win me a tournament. Um, so I like the talent, not stacking against him. Don't really like the Giants here, but I also just don't think he goes deep enough in this game to beat me. Yep, completely agree. Um, Giants, bats, anything? Uh, no. How high owned do the Dodgers come in on this slate? Um, with them being <laughs> the latest game on the slate, people hate stacking late games, and it's like it's so weird. It never made it's never made sense to me whatsoever. Like Mookie is still a little banged up, um, so like he could be potentially out of the lineup here, and like we could get um, one of these other guys in there. Um, what are we What are we looking at here when it comes to the Dodgers? I'm hoping that the, the lineup doesn't come out until after after lock and it holds down their ownership because otherwise they're going to be one of the top-owned stacks on the slate. Uh, Muncie Bellinger from the left side. Shark has struggled with uh, lefty power his whole career. Um, Turner, Seager, Peterson, Pollock. I mean, even Beattie and Smith. One through nine, I, you can stack it any way you want against Samarja. Uh, I love the Dodgers today. Yeah, if Pollock's in there, I like him at 3,100. If for some reason Betts is out and they like let Edwin Rios like DH in this game, he's 2,700 and he's shown a ton of power so far. Um, got hit in the foot, but they said he was available Wednesday, so I definitely think he'll be ready to go in this game if they can just 
if they can get him a start here, like I know they 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 like Matt Beatty, but get Rio some at bats. He's shown ton of power. Um, that's a great matchup for him too. So. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. You say Kikuchi. All right. I kind of figured that's who it was going to be um, for you. I liked it as well. He was the guy that I was kind of looking at. Um Listen, I'm just saying this because it's the Miami Marlins. I do not love Waka here unless he's going to be low-owned, but I think he's the next best option under 8K to get six or more strikeouts because he's facing the Miami Marlins. Um, eight Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Um, I do not like Dylan Cease's matchup with all those Cleveland lefties, uh, so give me Dylan Cease. Um, I'm going to say John Lester. He's going to score 14.5. Um <laughs> Uh, just listen, I, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not paying over 9K for John Lester against any team. He could be facing the Miami Marlins, and I'm not paying over 9K for him. So, um, Over 4K to hit a home run. Who's an expensive bat that you like to hit a home run today? Let's see. Who did I have here? Um, Harper hit one out yet, uh, today, and I think he's going to do it again. Uh, give me Bryce Harper. All right, I like that I one. I love that ballpark. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt Olson. Um, I already kind of talked about liking Oakland here. I think Matt Olson um, is in a great spot to hit one out of the ballpark today. Uh, give me a cheap bat under 4K to get two or more hits on this slate. You talked about Brian Goodwin's hot start. He's sitting there at 3,300. I like Brian Goodwin for a couple hits. I like it. Um, I like it. Oh, there's so many guys that I like down here. But I'm going to go with a guy that's going to get two hits and one of them is going to be a home run, and that's Rowdy Tells um, at 3,400. And I think we're going to see a really big game from him um, today. I know I went double first baseman for the game, but I'm the host. I'm allowed to do what I want. Um, stack to score over six runs. Give me, give me a stack that's standing out to you on the slate. Uh, so the one I had written down here was assuming that Castaño is pitching for Miami. And I like the Mets in that spot. Um, I have another one if it's Guzman, though, because I don't like the Mets quite as much if it's Guzman. All right. Who's your other one? Uh, the Dodgers would be the other one. Well, I was going to say the Dodgers anyway, so late. we'll just we'll, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the late night hammer, LA Dodgers, the stack to bring us home. Uh, is there any over-under, anything that's standing out to you? Um, looking good to extend my Stark, star, sharp side streak. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out the streak contest, you can do that. It's been a ton of fun um, to you know give out those picks each and every day. Um, anything standing out to you here? Is there a total in the Miami-New York Mets game yet? I was pulling it up. Hold on one second. It's so slow. My phone, when I don't have it connected to Wi-Fi, is so slow sometimes. Um, the Mets game does not currently have a total. Um, unless, the, unless the total is like 10, I, I'll take the over in that, regardless of who the Miami pitcher is, uh, because their bullpen's terrible. Uh, and I don't trust Waka at all, so I like the over in the, the Miami Mets game. All right, I like it. Um Listen, the Braves and the Phillies have a massive total. It's currently sitting at 10. Give me the over in that game. Um, I like both offenses in that game. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored in that game. Um, both sides, you know, the Phillies side against Wright, the Braves side against Vincent Velasquez. I think there's going to be a lot of runs um, scored in that game. So definitely want to check that one out. Uh, before we get out of here, Underdog Fantasy Sports from the minds behind the draft app. NFL Best Ball is a fun, set-it-and-forget-it it format. They have an app for iOS and Android. Best Ball leagues from $3 to $100, including their signature Best Ball Mania Tournament. $25 entry, million-dollar prize pool with $200,000 to the winner. Be on the lookout for live draft shows on Roto Grinders. We had one on Thursday, have another one on Friday. Make sure you're checking them out at underdogfantasy.com or download the app today and start your NFL drafting. Everyone loves NFL season, and just being able to get some exposure to best ball 
Uh, love what they're doing over there at underdogfantasy.com. So make sure you guys are checking them out. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, nope. Ready for a big baseball slate tomorrow, leading into a huge weekend in NASCAR. Looking forward to your content for that. So ready to go. Big weekend indeed. Cup races on Saturday and Sunday. We'll be able to use a lot of the information Saturday for the race on Sunday. We have an awesome new promo going for this week. You can get the rest of the season for $199. Uh, so if you're a weekly subscriber, make sure you're checking that out. You're going to save about 40 bucks. And NASCAR announced a couple extra races. So it's not only 39 races. It's like 42 races for the end of the season. So love to see it. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck in co- contests, and we'll see you then.